0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast, where today we're hosting Shai Goldman uh, from Silicon Valley Bank here in New York City, who's going to talk to us about his tips for building communities to support your business development efforts. Welcome to the show, Shai. Great. Thanks for having me. So for the listeners who are not familiar, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank and what you do here specifically?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, Silicon Valley Bank is a global commercial bank and our clients are really primarily, uh, technology companies and venture capital, and private equity firms and premium wineries. But most of our business is really in the innovation economy. So banking startups and, and venture firms is kind of what we're known for. Awesome. Uh, and, and, uh, tell us a little bit about the beginnings of
0: Silicon Valley bank here in New York city. And, you know, you were one of the first employees here kind of trying to grow the
1: presence. Tell us about that. Yep. So, uh, the, the bank started in 1983 in San Jose, but our first office in New York City was in 2000. Uh, one of my colleagues, John Chena, opened the office uh, really at the top of the market, um, which followed by the dot-com uh, bust, and then uh, obviously 9-11 impacted uh, New York uh, greatly. Um, so that's kind of how we got into New York. It was pretty tumultuous times, and then there was the nuclear winter, uh, but that's really how we started the office uh, back in 2000.
0: It's a tough start. And then yeah. and then you joined, uh, you had mentioned to me before the podcast, around eight years ago and, and continue to grow the presence, obviously, through the community, which we're going to talk about here. But but tell us a little bit about your beginnings here in New York City.
1: Yeah. So I was based uh, in the Bay Area with SVB, working with uh, founders and VCs, doing a lot of community building out there. And uh, I really saw... Uh, sort of a development and er, and kind of early signs of a new thing happening in New York. This was in 2010. And so I convinced um, uh, my colleague to move me out here. And at that point, we had uh, a handful of employees and I came to, to launch a new group, which is really banking, uh, primarily pre-venture backed startups uh, in New York. Awesome.
0: And then before, uh, before we jump into today's questions for you, just one question we like to ask all guests. Uh, fun fact here, what is one thing that no one on this podcast would know about you?
1: Yeah, so this is actually relevant to the startup you know, venture discussions. So uh, my mother was employee number one of a venture-backed startup um, that IPO'd. Um, and then tanked and during the dot-com days. So I, uh, I was able to sort of see the, the run-up and um, saw kind of how the sausage was made um, as her son coming into the office. Um, but it was pretty pretty fun times in the Bay Area during, uh, during when things were, were going well, obviously, and then it tanked, and it was pretty sad. Oh, after man, that.
0: that's rough. That didn't scar you enough, though,
1: to, to cause you not to jump into this industry? No, I mean, I think, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, in the Bay Area, it was interesting at times because uh, my brother was also in the startup world. He was working um, in enterprise sales uh, for a venture backed startup, and he was laid off. And so, you know, during the nuclear winter of like two thousand one to two thousand four, it was a pretty tough time. A lot of layoffs, hard to find, um, hard to find work. But during that period, there's still startups being formed. So that was an exciting part uh, of being in the community.
0: Amazing! You were born out of the the fire early on. Well, let's uh, let's jump into a few questions we have for you here today. As we talk about, you know, some of the things you've done with the community here, as you as you continue to build up SVB's presence. Um, and the first question I have for you is: community building initiatives. They can mean a lot of things to different organizations. They serve different goals. But in terms of your role and what you're doing here. Um, what does SVB's community look like here in New York City, and what are some of the biggest ways you engage with the community on your end?
1: Yeah. Um, so our community is really primarily founders uh, of venture-backed startups or, or those that are hoping to get you know, venture funding at some point. Uh, it's also VCs, so it's a General Partners, Principals, Associates of Venture Funds. And it's a C-level staff. So CFOs, CMOs, CIOs, um, and also the employees of these venture back startups. That's really our core community. And that's who we're looking to engage on a daily basis. Um, my focus, because we didn't actually talk about this, is um, I'm primarily focused on the venture capital community here in New York. So really engaging the, the general partners and, and principals primarily and making sure that we know all the right folks and are, are plugged in there.
0: Awesome. And, and you guys... I've been to your events. I've been to charity days with SVB. I've been to surf days with SVB. You guys have an amazing schedule of, of you know, ways in which you build the community and interact with them. Um, how do you decide what you want to do? How do you guys strategize around these different ways that you're engaging with the community?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, I joined the organization in 2001, and uh, events and community building were, were all, was always uh, there at that point. And so we're continuing uh, to to sort of go on that thread, and I think the nice thing with the organization is that they provide a lot of autonomy to uh, people in the community. I mean, SVB employees are in the community to kind of do their own events, um, as long as it's relevant to what we're trying to do as an organization. So um, it's not driven from the top down. It's really the people who are on the ground floor, uh, working with the founders, working with the VCs that they decide what the best event is, uh, what is the most interesting for the community. Um, and so we don't have a, a playbook, so to speak. Um, we really kind of build events based on either demand or white spaces that we see um, from our perspective in, in the market.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I can say as, as a consumer of your events and, and someone who's engaged in those you can definitely feel the difference, right? I think when some of these things are pushed from the top down, they feel fabricated. They don't feel genuine. But but organizing it from the bottom up and, and allowing that autonomy to, to have different units make those decisions, I think, definitely makes a difference across the board and for you guys as well. And then so y- you have different individuals who are creating these events to align with your greater initiatives uh, how do you measure success and, and set goals against those? How are you reviewing, you know, this was a good event or maybe we don't do this one next year. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think measuring success from events, um, it's difficult to do and you need kind of a long time horizon to sort of see if there's any payback. I think just given that we've been doing community events for so long, I mentioned, you know, I've, I've been uh, with organizations since two, 2001. Um so I think the organization believes and has seen ROI from events. And so we're we'll continuing to do that. Um, but the way we measure it really is, you know, post event, we'll, we'll put on an event which we think is sort of custom and unique. And one is just trying to understand who actually shows up, right? So if someone actually shows up to your event that you are targeting, um, that's, that's a positive cause sure. you get to engage with that person and, and hopefully they got something out of it. Um, if they stick around for the event for a while, that's usually a, a decent signal. And I think the most important thing is, you know, weeks or months after the event, um, this person who came to your event will come up to you randomly uh, and say, hey, you know, that was that was a great event. When is the next one? Um, and that's really kind of the best measure of success is that someone's coming up to you proactively and saying, hey, you know, I had a great time at this event. There was a value for me. When is the next one? Um, those are kind of the main ways of how I like to measure events. Sure. Uh, but it is, it is challenging. But we do track sort of attendance, who is there, title, company, that sort of thing. Um, but we don't, we don't track in terms of, you know, was their business generated from this event, it's hard to track that over two, three, four, five years. Totally, um, I think we just inherently believe that if we bring uh, good people together and there's value added to them in some way, that it'll generate some some goodwill towards the towards the organization, and it will be fruitful. Uh, depending on how you define that,
0: definitely, yeah, it's definitely you know a, a stratified top of funnel effort over the course of years, and so as we often like to say, you don't always measure a top of funnel effort with a bottom of funnel metric, right? Did they sign up and give us tens of millions of dollars immediately? No, it's, are are we measuring them by titles that are coming? Are we getting the right titles and, and positions wise folks to come? And are they coming back again? Those are all great things to track. And then as someone who has been exposed, obviously, to a ton of technology, you know, a lot of your customers are technology providers any interesting technology that you guys are using to help manage your community or your events? Are you guys using a CRM, marketing, automation?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we use uh, Microsoft, you know, CRM. Mm -hmm. um, So nothing really unique from that perspective. I would say some of the more interesting tools that I'm sure a lot of folks have heard about um, is, you know, a little bit of Airtable, uh, which is kind of helpful as far as maybe... Who are the potential folks to come to the event, and you can sort of collaborate around a list uh, using Airtable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use uh, I've used Splash before, which is really kind of an event uh, landing pages and, and registration, um, and uh, yeah, Data DataHug is an interesting one that a lot of people have never heard of before. And The interesting thing with DataHug is if you have um, an organization where you have many employees touching the same account or individual an account, you could sort of see who um, has engaged with that individual the most frequently or um, in the last day or two. Um, And it also creates a score, um, which they call a DataHug score, which is basically an algorithm that indicates that if you send out an email to this individual and they respond quickly, you get a higher score. If they don't respond at all, you get a lower score. So they they kind of use email email frequency and response rate um, as a measure of a relationship, which I, which I believe in in a sense that if um, if someone values the relationship, values you, and you send someone an email, um, they'll probably respond pretty quickly. If they don't know who you are, they don't value the relationship. They probably won't respond um, in, in a day or or an hour. It might be a week or not at all. So, so DataHug is an interesting product. Very cool. Yeah,
0: I've never heard of that one. We'll definitely have to check that out. We use Splash. I think it's it's amazing. So those are all really good tools. Um, and then of course you work with a lot of VCs. You work with their startups who out there in terms of startups do you think is doing an amazing job building communities for their customers and what do you think makes them so special?
1: Yes. I think if you sort of go back to my days in the Bay area, um, I think the first company that, that did a great job with community was Twilio. And so, um, when I was in San Francisco, um, I, I was there when they started the company and they were really going to hackathons and meetups and, um, uh, Danielle Morel, uh, she was kind of the head, kind of BD marketing person. And um, from my perspective, she helped really kind of build the, the foundation of the community of Twilio. And um, they had great swag, uh, T-shirts and jackets and, and shirts um, and, uh, sorry, and shoes. And so, um, but you know, they, were, they were genuinely interested in building that community and helping out and engaging with the developers. Um, and at, at that time, there weren't that many APIs, um, and so I think people in the community really enjoyed that relationship. Um, so they, they've obviously had a lot of success uh, since then, uh, but that was a great example. And I think a lot of other API-related startups have sort of tried to replicate what Twilio did with some success. Um, I think you know, SendGrid came, came out uh, soon after Twilio, and they, they have a great reputation, and obviously they've joined forces the two organizations um i think stripe uh did a great job as well um those are more developer focused uh i think in more kind of a new york perspective uh we work um so again you know, I, I moved to new york eight years ago which is when we work uh, effectively launched um And I sort of saw, you know, them engaging the community and, and startups and the co-working space was kind of a wide open market for, for New York. And again, sort of using this word uh, again, is sort of, you know, they were genuine in, in their outreach and trying to be helpful to the founders. Um, So those kind of a few key examples from my perspective.
0: Yeah, it's great. I think finding your genuine voice for your community is important too. I mean, Obviously, developers and engineers speak a different language, and if you're a salesperson such as myself, you might not approach them the way you'd approach another salesperson or, or set up an event that's, that's like that as well. So I think considering the audience and the genuine voice and, and type of event they want to hear is important.
1: Yeah, I think just on, on that thread, so yeah, I think the challenging thing w- with events is trying to understand, you know one, who, who the audience is, and then what kind of event do they want to go to? Right. And so a lot of times you see companies, um, especially in the startup world, you see companies who want to engage with startups and they sort of assume that the founders of VCs want to engage in this XYZ event and then they, they put it on and either no one shows up or it's like, you know, adverse selection in, in some ways. And so I think, you know, knowing the audience is important and also uh, gauging, you know, what what kind of events they want to go to, uh, and asking questions because I think just just because you put on an event doesn't mean that people are going to show up, and especially if you are trying to uh, target people who are exceptionally busy who have families, mm. um, and and I think it's also important to to iterate on your events. And so I see a lot of uh, companies do the same event over and over again uh, for five, six, seven years. And I think most events kind of run their course um, after X amount of years or X amount of times. And so, yeah, I think you shouldn't feel like you're, you're obligated to continue to run that event, uh, even if you've had success. Um, and so, you know, having an event run for 10 years consecutively uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that's that really success, uh, depending on what it is, yeah. but at least from a, a startup world perspective, you don't see too many events that have lasted that long. Yeah. I think
0: that's a great point. Setting, you know, a goal to iterate on these things and, and making sure you're switching it up, or if you're doing the same event, at least making sure that you evolve it. Um, two more questions for you. So, uh, the first one is of all the events you guys have run lately over the past few years. What has been your favorite? What do you think has been most successful f- for you guys?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the ones that has really taken off uh, nationally is Tech Gives Back. And I, and I think you referenced this. Um, but it's really a, a community day, a, a day giving where people in the tech community volunteer for, you know, four or five hours with different local organizations and, you um, we, this sort of came out of the our the Boston community has a tech gives back, and then we started um, kind of replicating that in other geographies. and uh, this most recent it's once a year we have usually most of these events run uh, concurrently on the same day, and so I think this most recent time we had ten cities um, or so across the us where the tech community was engaged in in volunteering. Um so that 's pretty cool cause there's there's a lot of demand and interest and it was kind of like grassroots in that in that in that way and um it was sort of competitive at s s u b it's like hey well uh the new york office is doing this day giving we should do it as well and so you know l a started doing it and then San francisco and austin and and denver and chicago um so that 's a pretty cool event it has has nothing to do with uh, with banking uh, or what we do as a business, but we're I think it's good to sort of catalyze the community and and giving uh, time uh, to non tech uh, community folks.
0: Yeah, we we participated in that one. Absolutely yeah. loved it. I think we went out to um, we went out to Brooklyn and fifth graders pitched us on their startup ideas that they came up with on the spot. So yeah. I'd like to think that. Yes, that's altruistic and great, but also maybe they helped us become better mm-hmm. <laughs> VCs by giving us a new perspective. So we loved that. I think you guys do a, an amazing job with that.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that going for sure.
0: Awesome. And then my final question for you, Shai, is uh, what would be your final piece of advice to startups or VCs out there who are looking to build great communities?
1: Uh, you know, I think you get to find someone on your team who is, is again, genuine about reaching out to this community and, and not everyone has that skill set to really wanting to give back um, or likes to spend time with people. So I think having the right people within your organization out front uh, is important. And I think uh, getting feedback as to what events are already out there, because um, I think just replicating Uh, another event that's already existing is not super interesting. And I think that's kind of the challenging thing is that um, startups and venture firms are all trying to put on uh, content or events and it's hard to find the white space. So it's sort of continuing to iterate uh, on what's out there. Those Those are important.
0: Excellent. Shai, thank you so much for your time.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you for downloading this Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Bowery Capital is a business software-focused venture capital firm specializing in helping our founders build initial revenue traction. For more information, please visit us online at bowerycap.com blog.